With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Well, the world, political world at least, was rocked this week by a series of articles, one in Bloomberg News and one in the Wall Street Journal, indicating that one former governor, Andrew Cuomo, who I guess until recently had the word disgraced uh, before his, his former title for the last couple of months, one feels vindicated after no charges were filed as a result of the recent sexual harassment scandal, and two is actually considering a run for office again, potentially even this year, maybe even for his old job of attorney general. Well, there is a collection of very loyal, very dogged Cuomo supporters that sounds like they'd be just fine with that. Uh, Very, very pleased to be joined by Sandy Bien. She's an advertising and marketing executive and grandmother from Rochester, New York, who helps lead We Decide New York, one of the largest Pro Cuomo groups. Sandy, thanks for taking the time to join me on the radio. Thanks for having me, Frank. Sandy, I have been uh, a bit of a Cuomo critic throughout his tenure as governor, uh, but I think that this recent report that issued by the attorney general's office was embarrassing, quite frankly. And I've spoken with a lot of other people who have not necessarily ever been fans of the governor, but they thought that the items that he was driven from office for for really didn't have a lot of basis in fact. Tell us about your story and your perspective. Have you always been a fan of Governor Cuomo? Frank, I, actually, I've been a fan. I voted for him, but I never really got involved as much as I am right now. Uh, this halt started, of course, Lindsey Boylan came out in December um, of 2020. And then um, when Charlotte Bennett came out, uh, I believe it was in February, I I stood, I listened to what they were saying and what the media was reporting. And there was something about it that didn't sound right to me. And online, there were these groups that were popping up in support of the governor. And, it, of course, many people just praised him for what he did during the pandemic. And I was one of them. I mean, I, I latched on for 111 days, um, you know, as an older woman with children and grandchildren. We didn't know if we were going to live or die. And mm-hmm. every day he gave us hope to go to the next day and not be scared. I went eight weeks without seeing my children or my grandchildren. It was uh, terrifying. I, I'm so, st- I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, so I joined this group online, Facebook group, Women for Governor Como. And um, from there, several of us branched out and we started We Decide New York. Now, um, so uh, just so folks understand where you're coming from, you've always kind of liked Governor Cuomo, especially for his leadership during the pandemic. And then uh, this this recent scandal and your questions about some of the accusations in the scandal that drove your enthusiasm even further. 
Absolutely. Um, Again, I'm in my 60s, and I was in the workforce in the early 70s, and it was prevalent then. Um, Sexual harassment was commonplace. And um, so when I first heard about this, I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense to me. How severe could this really be? And then knowing Governor Cuomo the way I did, just from watching him on TV, it didn't seem logical to me. So we began to look into things. And we um, began to be active in several of the groups out there and then decided that we wanted to form our own group. You uh, look, we've seen over the course of history, a lot of groups that are ostensibly grassroots groups who are actually being promoted by the very principle that they're advocating on behalf of. I, I know personally a lot of people that have done things like that. Just so folks know your perspective, do you do you have any personal or um, uh, professional relationship with Governor Cuomo? Are, are you guys meeting for dinner on a weekly basis? Is he uh, paying you from his campaign funds, for instance? Okay. No to all of those questions. Um, we, When we formed We Decide New York, we became uh, – uh, we became an IEC, with, which is an independent expenditure committee with the New York State Board of Elections. And because we wanted to do everything up, above board and also be legal, it prohibited us from being involved with any politician um, or their family. So we are very strict in that. And so we have no affiliation and never have with Governor Como or any member of his staff or family. Okay, and people are just tuning in. We're talking with Sandy Bean. She is one of the leaders of We Decide New York, one of the largest pro Cuomo groups that actually has members from around the whole country. So you alluded to the reactions that came that you had when the Lindsey Boylan accusations came out, and then when the Charlotte Bennett accusations came out, and you basically alluded to sort of uh, an instinct that uh, you didn't think that the man that you would come to know, at least as a public personality, could ever engage in the kind of behavior that these women were describing. Beyond instinct, once you look at the evidence of the accusations, what was your initial feeling about what they were claiming and how that jived with the facts? Well, first off, my first reaction was, why did they go to the media? And I mean, if you know anything about workplace sexual harassment or sexual assault, the first place you go to is HR. Um, They're extremely competent in dealing with these kind of things. So that was the first red flag that was raised for me. Why didn't they go through the proper channels? Why go immediately to to the media? And then we started to look into people like Lindsay Boylan. And, of course, we found that she was running for Manhattan Borough president. And that raised another red flag for us. Mm. Uh, Could it be a political, could it be personal and political motivation that was driving this? And, of course, when she went uh, ran for political office several years ago, she did not get the endorsement of Governor Cuomo. And um, we again thought, huh, maybe this is retaliation at some level. Then um, 
Charlotte Bennett came out, and we listened to her, and we didn't think she was credible either. Um, If you remember, one of the things that she said was that the governor had groomed her. Obviously, she didn't know what that meant. Um, That has to do with an adult grooming a child. Mm. And so we sat back and we said, wait a minute, Um, you know, how credible is this person? And then, of course, as months went on, it was all over Twitter. Um, and social, uh, other forms of social media, that she had been in on a case at Hamilton College and that she was involved in 2017 and actually ruining a young man's um, reputation at school. He wasn't able to graduate. And it came out that she, at the end, at the, during the investigation, said it, that it was all fabricated. So we became, you know, we thought, how, how could this be? Where's the media and all this? I mean, it, it was, was interesting there. that the, what you just mentioned, which is pretty relevant to any serious accu- accusation of sexual harassment. It was interesting that that was omitted from the uh, Letitia James report done by the former U.S. attorney, June Kim. Wasn't that interesting that that was not even mentioned in the report? It was not, and it wasn't difficult to find. Um, we had people that worked and found a lot of that information. So you have to wonder, why didn't the attorneys find this? Why didn't Letitia James look into any of this and check the credibility of these people? I mean, that's the first place I would have started. What was your reaction overall, aside from that glaring omission, uh, which I think is pretty damning of the entire report, but what was your reaction overall to Letitia James's report and then her subsequent press statements where she made no bones about the fact that the governor had uh, committed illegalities? Uh, I remember exactly where I was when I was watching it, and I was absolutely horrified. Um, her statement, and I'm paraphrasing now, was that she believed the accusers. None of this would have been illuminated if not for the heroic women who came forward. And what this investigation uh, revealed was a disturbing pattern of conduct by the governor of the great state of New York. And those who basically did not put in place any protocols or procedures to protect these young women who believed in public service. I believe women, and I believe these 11 women. And I'm sitting back and saying, how, you know, we have all this background information that we found, and, you know, social media is full of information. And I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, how could this possibly be? And there has to be something else that's going on here. And, of course, in the beginning, when all these Democrats came out and, you know, wanted him to resign, I thought, wait a minute. He's part of the Democratic Party. There there's other things that are going on here that they're not bringing to light. This is much more than 11 women coming out and saying that he's, you know, sexually harassed them. And I didn't believe that it even came to that level of being a criminal offense.
when Tish James came out with all this, um, not a lot of what she said makes sense. But at that point in time, we didn't have the transcripts to go back to. Um, We had to look at what she said, listen to her, and say, well, maybe there is something there. But even at that point, we thought maybe it was just innocent flirtation. And I have to tell you, I come from an Italian family, and we are huggy, kissy. um, That's just the way we are. That's our culture. So some of that I brushed off as just somebody that, you know, had always done it. And if you look at pictures online of Governor Cuomo, you'll see him doing that from years ago. And you'll see other politicians doing it where they've taken pictures. So we knew quite clearly that was there was a political agenda here. And um, the fact that he wanted to uh, run again for a fourth term, we knew that probably was was going to be an issue. I mean, typically politicians run for three terms and then they kind of go into the sunset and do something else. Um, and also during the pandemic, if you remember, if you watched any of the um, briefings, there was scrolling comments and people are saying, you need to run for president. We want you as president. And so my mind started to work in a way that said, ah, the Democrats don't want him in there as president. This is part of the problem. They're trying to stop him. Interesting. Well, I was just going to ask you about the nature of the motivation. But, you know, it was really interesting to me. They they keep trumpeting this number of 11 women, 11 accusations. And to me, it was uh, so silly that they lumped all 11 of these accusations into the same category. Some were more than 20 years old and involved a hug that might have made someone feel uncomfortable. Some involved a, a photograph that might made someone uncomfortable supposedly and yet they still put it on social media and others were of course more serious they involved uh, allegations of uh, uh, forcible touching but then we saw many DAs Westchester County uh, Albany County the DAs around the state investigate this and this is in of course an era in which they say a grand jury which is impaneled by a DA can invite indict a ham sandwich and yet none of them could find a credible charge to indict him for and bring charges for. Did you find that when that last DA's office made the determination not to bring charges, did you find that that your suspicions had been vindicated about this whole uh, this whole report and all these Tish James allegations? Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, they were vindicated when some of the transcripts came out and then most definitely when um, the video came out of their testimonies. I mean, we watched them. We were horrified. And why this was why she even or even June Kim or Ann Clark, why they did not look at their testimonies and base their investigation on what was said, what was fact, what was true. Um, It's mind boggling to me. Obviously they had a bias and that became very evident. So what do you think the motivation was here? I mean, you alluded to the fact that 
Andrew Cuomo was going to seek a fourth term and that he was being talked about as a, a national political figure. I mean, he really had a precipitous fall from being the toast of the town, winning Emmys, getting book deals to being thrown out of office as a sexual harasser. Why do you think Tish James did it? Why do you think June Kim and Clark did it? Why do you think the legislative leaders that were ready to impeach him over this report, why do you think these people all did it? What was the motivation here? I think they wanted him out of office. It's quite clear. They didn't want to take the chance that he was going to run for a fourth term. Um, let's face it, in the um, in the assembly, the governor was not really well liked. And I'm sure that people had personal and professional issues with him. Um, he was not a um, pay-to-play governor. And in politics, that sometimes is a huge problem. So I think this was strategized. I think it was very carefully, carefully implemented. And I think the only way the assembly could get him um, out of office was to stage uh, something that they would that would be impeachable. And that's my feeling. And if you go back to I think it was March 12th, um, there was um, there's a, an app called Clubhouse. And you remember you may remember this. Uh, Alessandra Biaggi, Gustavo Rivera, Yulin now. Um, they all got together on this app in Clubhouse, and they had a conversation about how to bring Como down. Their strategy was extremely clear. I mean, they wanted to outmaneuver him. And at that time, the Como, uh, Cuomo was being accused of nursing home deaths. And it, during this um during during this uh, clubhouse, um, Lindsey Boy or um, sorry, Senator Alessandri Biaggi said, "You should abuse your energy. It's time to go." Proclaiming that to oust Como, they would wish a mother effing military. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, so this was all strategized. Um, let me ask you about the uh, role of Governor Hochul. Uh, she didn't seem to play much of a role in his takedown, but has seemed quick to distance herself from her role in his administration. Do you view Governor Hochul as having any culpability here? Well, absolutely. She was part of the Como administration. And you can't tell me for a minute that she didn't know what was going on. Um I think she knew exactly what was going on and the fact that there was no sexual harassment. And but for her to come out and say it, that would jeopardize her moving into governor. And I think mm -hmm. that's what she wanted. I think, again, that was very strategic on her part. And let's look at what she's been doing since she's been in office. You know, she she's taken credit for things that Como did. I mean, the last thing was the LaGuardia Airport. I mean, that was infuriating to watch that. You know, she stood up there and she did her ribbon cutting and not once 
did she recognize Governor Cuomo in that? And he's the one that started it. He got the ball rolling on that. He did oversaw most of the work that was being done there. And it was not mentioned. She took it as though she was the one that made this happen. And to the people in New York State, that's infuriating. What are your hopes for this year? As I alluded to at the outset, there have been some reports that uh, Governor Cuomo may seek to run for attorney general. He certainly has an exhaustive war chest. Some of the people I've spoken to anecdotally who are Democrats, they are actually hoping that he runs for uh, for office again. On this station yesterday, uh, Bill O'Reilly said if he had a choice between uh, Letitia James and Andrew Cuomo, he'd be picking Andrew Cuomo. What are your hopes in terms of the political landscape for this year? I hope that Andrew Cuomo comes back. Um, We are, as an organization, of course, we support him 100%. Let's face it, New York State is in crisis. Um, I listened to a speech by Kathy Hochul the other day, and she referred to infrastructure as green space and more parks. She also said that she wants to bring communities together. To me, when I listened to that, I said, I don't think she understands what infrastructure is. We have bridges collapsing. We have roads that need repair. Um, She also made a comment to the fact that she doesn't mind trashing people. And I was horrified, and that is a direct quote. This was her speech in Buffalo when she was introducing the next speaker to come out. And I thought to myself, is that who I want as my governor? Absolutely not. And, of course, it was all over Twitter. As far as you're concerned, you alluded to the nursing home scandal. There are some people that have claimed that this sexual harassment scandal was done as a sort of window dressing for the nursing home scandal and a way to edge the governor out of office and off the stage for this rather than come to a reckoning on the nursing home scandal, which would have potentially implicated a lot of other folks, governors in other states, uh, maybe even Mm -hmm. federal officials and others. What do you say to that theory, Sandy, that uh, this was done to provide cover for the nursing home scandal? Um, I, I don't believe that's true. I think that they were, they wanted to get the governor any which way they could. And that was investigated. Uh, The Manhattan District Attorney, the elder care unit, investigated that. And they closed the investigation on the nursing homes. Um, They claimed that they went through a thorough investigation. And there was no evidence to suggest that any laws were broken. I think they just kept piling it up and piling it. It's like the book deal. You can't tell me that there are not um, people in the Senate, people in the Assembly that haven't used their staff for other purposes like campaigning. Um, I, I don't believe that. And yet that was a, just another layer to guarantee that they would um, they would force the governor to resign. I think maybe we'll save the uh, book deal discussion for another day. And if people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Sandy Bean. She's an advertising and marketing executive and uh, grandmother from Rochester who's helps, uh, le- who helps lead We Decide New York, Inc., one of the largest pro-Cuomo groups. So, Sandy, let's say the governor, uh, the former governor, ultimately decides not to run for attorney general or governor or anything this year. 
What do you do as a voter uh, knowing Letitia James' role in Governor Cuomo's downfall and knowing Governor Hochul's glee in that downfall? What do you do as a voter in each of those races? Well, what I'll tell you what our organization has already decided to do, and that is to focus a lot of our time on um, reaching New York voters and to let them know that the voters have the power. It is the people that decide who governs in our state, and we want to provide them with the facts. We don't want people going to the polls and just picking somebody. It's too critical to the future of New York State. We have to pick good leaders. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on. Uh, Very interesting. Um, What do you say to the mantra that we were told really throughout the onset of the Me Too movement that it's so important that we believe all women? And uh, some folks might say that uh, your work here, questioning Lindsey Boylan's version of events, questioning Charlotte Bennett's version of events, raising concerns about the credibility of some of these accusers, flies in the face of that mantra of believe all women. Well, I think you have to go back to the original purpose of the Me Too movement and what Burke intended for that. And that is to empower sexually assaulted people, and it's not just women, it's men as well, to form so that they have some sort of empathy and solidarity in numbers, um, especially young and vulnerable women, and most specifically in the workplace. But what the Me Too movement has done is they've gone too far. And what they've done is they have made it very difficult for men Uh, in the workplace. Uh, I spoke to a reporter one day and I said, let me ask you a question. I said, how do you feel about going into a conference room with two women to have a meeting and shutting the door? I mean, in my business, it happened all the time. He said, I wouldn't do it. Um, That that leads me to my, my next question is, are you fearful that not just this case, but other similarly similar cases, are you fearful that perhaps we have criminalized traditional, normal behavior between people of different genders in the workplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this will only get worse and worse. And women will feel the effects of this. And I'm going to tell you how. That's because when a woman goes in for a job interview or is being considered for a job, I, I believe wholeheartedly that men who are in charge will question it. They don't want their lives ruined. They don't want their reputations ruined. They don't want to lose their jobs. And I don't believe that all women tell the truth. I mean, we all know that. We've all run into women that don't tell the truth. So it's ludicrous. If people want to donate to your group or learn more about it, uh, is there a website? Is there someplace they can go in order to do that? That would be wonderful because we operate right now just on um, contributions to our organization. Um, yes, they can go to We Decide New York Inc. and it's WeDecideNewYork.com. And they can also check us out on Facebook. And we have Wednesday evening meetings every Wednesday at 7 30. And it's a platform where we do discuss what is currently going on and how we're going to act as a group 
to affect not only the Como case, but also how we're going to affect the New York state elections coming up. There's 150 assembly people that are up for re-election, and I believe 63 senators. That's huge. Uh, that, that's for sure. And uh, as I said at the outset, I, I've never been a fan of Governor Cuomo politically. Uh, I am pleased that he's no longer governor, but I am sick over the fact that this was the mechanism uh, in which he was removed as governor. And uh, I, uh, I, you know, I wish you the best of luck with your efforts, Sandy. Thanks for the great well, work that you're you. doing to educate people. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. Uh, if you want to comment on any portion of my conversation with Sandy B, and you're welcome to give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. I think we may have succeeded in doing what I so often seem successful at doing, which is infuriating people on both the left and the right. If that's the case, give me a call, 800-848-WABC. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. 